today's Trophy Kids, we're talking about one thing and one thing only. Football being back. Let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is September. I got to look at the date. Third. That's bad. It's been a rough one already. It is a bloodbath up here in Cincinnati, Ohio. I hate sports gambling now. I hate college football. Since the 3 o'clock slights happened on Saturday, I haven't won a game. I started off 7-0, and then just bad beat after bad beat after bad beat has rolled my way. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right. Um, I actually kind of stayed away from, like, the, the game bets, and I was just doing stupid prop bets, like score in the first five and a half minutes. Um, like, I was betting on quarterback yards. I was betting on, like, receptions for receivers. And that actually worked out very well for me, especially, like, the score in the first five and a half minutes. College, they fucking score so quickly. So that worked out very well for me. I was kind of trying to stay away from the, like, outcome of the game bets. Um, I'm kind of wanting to watch some more games, a few more weeks maybe before I start betting that way. So um, I did all right. did all right. So that was my initial strategy heading into the week. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do my re- – it's a research week. I'm going to bet light. not going to yeah. bet a whole lot. I started off 7-0, just coming out of the gate smoking hot. I got the Miami one right on both the under and – I, yeah, I hit the under, and I had Miami. I had Hawaii over and Hawaii. I took UC. That hit. Started off great. Took Boise State versus Florida State. We'll get to in a moment. And then the 3 o'clocks started rolling around. This is what I hate. I hate a team that when you have it locked in, I had mentally checked out of this. Northwestern versus Stanford game. Bet them. Six and a half. 30 seconds left in the game. Northwestern is down 10 to 7 with a ball on the 22 yard line, their own 22 yard line. What do they do? They roll a right handed quarterback out to the left as he's getting blitzed. He then fumbles it into the end zone, which Stanford recovers it and starts the bloodbath that has been my week ever since. <laughs> Unreal. I hate you, Northwestern. I hate you. Love it. Right-handed quarterback, roll him out to the left. Not ready for that. <laughs> He's got to switch to throw back around, which he then gets leveled by the guy coming down the corner and just fumbles. And then Northwestern could have recovered it and just taken the safety. No, nope. the lineman was like, whatever, this game's over, and just like falls over, and then they recover it. So terrible beat on that. And then it only got worse, which I think we should talk about the Oregon-Auburn game because it was the game of the week. I had a note to myself in my phone. Do not drunk bet. <laughs> that didn't go exactly as planned. I not only took Oregon, I bet them money line as well. Did not hit. What are our thoughts about the Oregon-Auburn game off the bat? Uh, fantastic game. Awesome game for sure. Um, Justin Herbert came out looking like an NFL quarterback. Just came out like a stud. Threw all over the place. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of sad that Justin Herbert lost to a true freshman at Auburn. Like, yeah. I mean, as far as the Pac-12 goes, I mean, I know there's Washington, but Oregon, I thought, was the true threat. And and they lost to Auburn, who honestly, I mean, Auburn's a great team, but they're going to finish third in, the, in their division in the SEC. Like, I mean, they're going to finish behind Alabama. They're going to probably finish behind LSU. And, I mean... They're in the same division as um, Georgia, but Georgia on the other side is probably going to finish above. They'll probably finish fourth in the SEC total. And and, and Oregon lost to them. So what I took from that game was I, I think 
even though we want a new Final Four, I still think it's going to be two SEC teams, Clemson and Oklahoma or Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what I took from that game. It's like, well, the Pac-12 isn't, isn't getting involved this year. So, Here's a little stat for you I saw. Since 2008, the Pac-12 is 0-10 versus the SEC. Wow. 0-10. Wow. Nuts. I mean, that is a sorry-ass conference. That conference, the conference of champions, like, get out of here with this nonsense, yeah. is sorry. I will say this. I live bet the Oregon game because I and initially, like you said, Herbert came out looking like he should be the first number one pick overall. People, You could see people on Twitter tweeting, like, why did this kid stay another year? Yeah. And then that Oregon defense, which historically has been soft, looks pretty good. Like, they were handling themselves mm-hmm. against a, a formidable opponent for their skill set, we'll say. But you're yeah. right. It all collapsed like Pac-12 teams do. It went downhill late. Bo Nix, I mean, you cannot make up the story of Bo Nix. Like, he, he just had the greatest weekend of his life on and off the field. Um, so that yeah. was pretty cool. But the fact that Oregon blew that is like the most classic, not only Oregon thing, but just Pac-12 thing in general. And that's why you should almost always stay away from Pac-12 bets unless they're playing each other. Because it is never going to end happy for you. Unless you bet Stanford against Northwestern. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Unless they're betting, they're playing each other and like, you know, you can hammer the over. Um, I mean, yeah, as as far as them competing this year, it just, it kind of just showed, no, it's not going to happen. They, they lost to, again, the fourth best team in the SEC. Yeah. And I was thinking, too, during that game, because I was I thought Oregon was going to wrap it up. Foolish on me. Um, I, I did, was, too. I, I was, I'm with you, though. Yeah. I was like, damn, these guys are going to be a problem, because they finally seem to have, like, s- some bite to the defense. The offense mm-hmm. with Justin Herbert, who got hurt, I think, a little. I don't know if he's, like, officially going to be out or anything. I didn't take a look. But he, had that, he got banged up at the end, which should have been a late hit call, by the way. That was yes. nonsense. Yes. Whatever. That would have then it's the, the game's over. Um, that was absolute garbage. But you still got to win the game. You still can't let them drive down like they did. Um, but I thought they were going to be a real problem. Like I was like, oh shit, we might actually get like a decent Pac-12 team. Now the Pac-12's only hope is Washington, who did look good. But yeah. you know, Washington's going to do Washington things probably at the end of the season. <sighs> and just flat out. Yes. Um, the other notable game I had. Because I had I, I won this. Boise State Boise State's the exact same team they they were last year. They are soft in the second half. Did you see that uh, Taggart's blaming the loss on hydration? I did not see that. I'm not surprised to see that though. I mean, they just completely collapsed. I mean, they were dominating them. Like it was to the point where I was just like, it wasn't like. I was not getting good reception on my laptop while I had other games on, on the big screen. I was just like, whatever, it doesn't really matter. And then I look on my phone and I'm like, okay, I need to get this. I need to get my laptop working here. And I started watching. I was just like, wow. Just Florida State, second half collapse. I mean, we've seen it before. Yeah. I mean, Boise State, just Boise State, a team who does not deal with humidity, was right. not was light years ahead of them in conditioning and just – Bully balled them in the second half. I mean, they were down 18 in a true home game for Florida State because they got moved from right? Jacksonville. And I was both- about to say, they moved the location on Boise State, and they come in just no problem. No problem. And with a true freshman quarterback. Exactly. That, if you're a Florida State fan, that is a sorry-ass way to start the season, especially given I think Florida State fans got a little over their skis this year thinking that they, it was going to be a decent year. It's going to be a bad year for y'all. Pump the brakes. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which brings me to my next thought with the worst beat of the week, Tennessee losing to Georgia State. I don't know what you do if you are a Tennessee fan. Tennessee's athletic department should just be abolished at this standpoint because it is so bad. I know eventually it'll probably come back in like 50 years, but like it to lose to a, what was it, 25-point underdog Georgia State to pay them to beat you in your home on opening day when fans legit thought this season was going to be different, that is sorry. <laughs> That's very sorry. They legit, they... They paid Georgia State, I think it was a million dollars to play them. <laughs> they paid them a million dollars to beat them on their own turf, embarrass them. And I like, I mean, I don't love Tennessee, so I'm cool with it. I, 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 when I think of Tennessee, I think of Clay Travis. I'm not fond of him. So, um, <laughs> so I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like Tennessee. Um, the bottom half of the SEC really did not show up too well i mean south carolina on the other hand they crumbled they they, they threw a game away um yeah yeah and they yeah real ugly i mean georgia i mean beat the shit out of vandy I mean, so you knew that would happen but i mean yeah the, the bottom half of the sec did not look good but yeah the tennessee being the worst of the bunch yeah it, the sec went seven and four this weekend like the s the the problem too here is like you look at you look at Say, like, I don't know. Say Auburn loses to Tennessee later this year, which isn't going to happen. That's a better loss than if they lost to, like, some sorry-ass team in, like, the Pac-12 or something. But I could make the argument that the bottom half of the SEC is one of the worst in probably out of the big five. Like, I think think there's a real argument. They're obviously super top-heavy, so, you know. I don't think there's an argument there. I still think if you look at the top four teams in the SEC, it's probably the best top four out of every conference. But there's a real question to be had about whether or not they are still the overall best conference because the bottom half is trash. I would agree with that. I mean, if you want to look from top to bottom at all the conferences, I I can see the argument how you can find a more balanced conference without a doubt. I mean, yeah. They're not the worst. Bottom. I shouldn't say the worst. I mean, yeah, they're not the worst conference yeah, top to bottom. Yeah, but, no, they're not the worst. But but I agree. They, as far as talent from top to bottom, they're probably they're probably not the best. They have the best teams, no doubt about that. But I, I do agree that from top to bottom, I think the Big Ten's probably better. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, there's some sorry teams. I mean, Kentucky's had a few good years, but Kentucky as a football school has been awful for decades. I mean, it's not good. So, yeah, I mean, there are definitely bad teams in the SEC this bad year teams. for sure. Yeah, for, for sure this year. And that that's not always going to be true. But for this year, I think the, the real question and the real problem is it's been so ingrained in our brains that I think when it comes down to the committee time, the SEC is going to get kind of – and it's only the first week. Like, this, we are very reactionary, too, because, like, it could turn ship. It but could. if it doesn't – you know, other conferences do have that problem because the SEC has done such a great job of branding themselves as the best conference out there, and they have been for a long time. But that shine is starting to wear off. And if you're an SEC fan, you know, they're never going to admit that, but you know in the back of their heads there is that concern. Oh, for sure. I mean, because, I mean, the SEC a lot of times, especially early, I mean, a team like Tennessee starts off 2-0 and and a lot of times is ranked like 23rd, and then they yeah. shit the bed. Um, kind of the same deal with South Carolina. Um, I mean, they they'll they'll generally be like a nineteen to twenty five ranked team, 
But I mean, this year they're. I mean, this year Tennessee just lost to Georgia State. To be honest. Yeah. So like. <laughs> so <bad>. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So you can't even have you can't even bring that argument where they have like a lot of like you know decent middle of the pack type teams and they don't even have that. Yeah. Now the one that got away from the SEC because I think it's a good time to transition to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had himself a day. I mean, his stat line, if you're an Oklahoma fan, the grin that you must have had going into work this week was the biggest ever. His passing stats alone, 332 yards, completion percentage of 87%, three touchdowns. I mean, average yard uh, per throw, or average yards per throw, yeah, 14.4. And that's not even including his rushing yards, like, Oh, which he had 16 attempts, 176 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. That man went off. <laughs> Absolutely nasty. I mean, if you're kind of like you and me, who were, I mean, we love college football. We're not passionate about one team. If there's a guy and a team to root for this year, for me personally, it's Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. I mean, how could you not root for Jalen Hurts? He's awesome. Um, I remember I would. I was going to bet on his total, like, passing yards. It was, like, 289 was what was being offered. I was like, Jalen Hurts is not going to throw for 289 yards. I didn't make the bet. And I'm just watching the game. I'm like, shit, I'm glad I didn't place that wager. Because Jalen was just throwing strikes all over the place. And he looked—he looks faster as a player in Oklahoma. So much know. faster. It's crazy what happens when you put you take a athletic good, smart quarterback out of a boring-ass system that yeah. Alabama runs. I mean, don't get me wrong. Alabama's been great because of the offensive weapons, but it is. like You put him into a creative offense where there's just a lot yeah. going on, and that man, it is going to be extremely fun to watch him because he is – obviously, everything's clicking for him, and he's got the scheme that fits him best now. Right, and I, prior to – Literally, like, Saturday, I didn't realistically think Jalen Hurts could go to the NFL and be a quarterback, but I'm like, whoa. Um, maybe if he goes and, and, like, gets onto a team with a creative offensive coordinator, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe he can play in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, like, he, his narrative has done a 360. I think the yes. majority of people, myself included, thought Jalen Hurts is, like, an average quarterback. Like, he'll probably yeah. do decent in Oklahoma because it's hard. If, if you're an average quarterback, like, you should probably do well at Oklahoma, but like he took that and raised the bar so high. Like it was nuts. I don't mean to sound ridiculous, but that game was better than any game Kyler Murray had last year. I mean, <laughs> like it was just and, insane. I was just like, holy shit. I know, and I know it's like Houston, but still, like Kyle Murray played some sorry ass teams too last year. And this game, oh man, have yourself a day, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not expect that. I, I loved it though. Yeah, another great one. Um, the one kind of topic I, I kind of forgot to mention is co-host on Thursday, Tim, who's coming back. He kind of brought it up too. for some people out there. And it, it reminds me because Nebraska, like the hype train coming into Nebraska this year has been super high and they didn't get off the block. Great. I didn't think against Southern Alabama, like they still won, put up 35 points, but it brings me back to this theory for some of you, mostly Michigan state fans. Cause the Michigan state offense looks sorry. Let's remember guys, it is only week one. It's probably going to take, two to three weeks for offenses really start like, yeah, there was the Oklahoma explosion and offenses, Clemson who exploded and all them. But for most teams, it does take a couple weeks. It's easier to play defense initially. So just keep it in mind. Don't, don't hit the panic button just sure. yet, but we've got some games coming up this week. That'll be fun. And I think the overall sense 
off week one is it's going to be an interesting ass year. I agree. And I agree. And like, don't panic. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw two picks. He yeah. threw four all last year. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that game, A&M game, Clemson A&M. That's going to be yes. awesome. Um, A&M should have beat him last year. And I think A&M better this year. So maybe they will. I'd love to see it. I don't like Clemson. So I'd love to see. Same. I'd love to see A&M do it. Um, so yeah, that's probably the game. I'm, I think that's probably the game most people are looking most forward to. That, yeah, that, that game in LSU versus Texas at seven thirty. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's gonna be a banger. <laughs> that I'm excited because Joe Burrow. Talk about a quarterback who also exploded on the scene. He had himself a day too, where he was just like, "Oh shit, LSU's got a quarterback now." That's that's something new. We haven't seen that since Jamar. That is new. Yeah, like, great. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's gonna be that. That's gonna be something interesting. Um, that's all I really had. The slate, the games. You know, it wasn't the best slate of games, but you had some. It was a good. It was a good week, good opening week where you had something every night. Notre Dame. I didn't realize this. Notre Dame's got to go to both Georgia and Michigan. So if you're a Notre Dame fan, just forget about making up laps. You ain't winning both those games. <laughs> there's, there's no way. I don't not see them beating Georgia. They can probably beat Michigan. Maybe but yeah. They're not beating Georgia. They're not beating Georgia. Georgia. Woo. Yeah, Georgia's. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be the new Alabama, I think, because Kirby Smart has been recruiting the exact same way like Alabama has, and that team looks more like Alabama than Alabama looks like Alabama right now. Yep. Yeah. All right, moving on to the NFL, our favorite. It's getting started this right. week. Football is back, but before we get into some of the games this week, there's been some news. I don't know what the hell is going on in Miami, but it seems like people are asleep at the switchboard because that Houston trade, for those of you who don't know, Houston picked up Tunsil and Kenny Stills for a bunch of picks. I mean, the Dolphins are just, they're going 76ers approach. The only difference, though, is you can legitimately get murdered on the field if you're, you're throwing games. Like, it is, it, it is not, it is tough to tell grown-ass men to go out there when you put together a sorry-ass roster and put their bodies on the line and basically go through a car crash every single week. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough for them to tank. I won't lie. I would have made the trade, though. That's so many picks they're getting. So, I mean, it's yeah. crazy. I was like, shit. So I would have made the trade. But, I mean, yeah, this year for the Dolphins and next year for the Dolphins. Um, what's his name? Brian Flores, I think is his name. Yep. Yeah. It may not be Brian, but I think his last name is Flores. I mean, I hope that he has a very long leash because he's going to win maybe three games in two years. And I hope Dolphins management understands that. It yeah. <laughs> doesn't fire him. I feel bad for Jalen, Jalen, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Talk about it, dude. Like, he's going from the Cardinals who did nothing to protect him. Now, he is the backup right now, but we all know Fitzpatrick will probably fade out like week five or six. Um, Like, I wouldn't want to go on the field. I'd be like, no, coach, I'm good. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not trying to die today. (laughs) I mean, the guy's literally just gotten screwed. Like, he's never really gotten a chance yet, and that kind of sucks. And it seems like he's not going to even get a chance in Miami because they're going to tank for two or tank for Trevor, uh, one of the two. So it kind of sucks for him. Sucks. Yeah, it sucks because he was a decent prospect. I don't know why people hate him so much, but, like, it doesn't seem like he's getting a shot anywhere, and that that does suck. (laughs) Yeah, I have no problems with him. I don't understand the hate, but. Yeah, Whatever. it's weird. It's a weird, yeah. it's a weird situation down there. Yeah. But Houston, they pick up good offensive lineman to protect their asset, Deshaun Watson. But they give away Devon Clowney to Seattle. If you're in the NFC West, that is one of the scariest divisions to be an offensive lineman in. The people you have to go up against week to week. Seattle has got some real, Seattle's real potential seven, right now. Man. 
Oh, my God. I mean, their front seven is ridiculous. Um, and people don't understand about Jadavion Clowney. Um, I've been watching him since he was in college, but like every single one of his games. People are like, yeah, he's never had double-digit sacks. People don't understand. Jadavion Clowney lines up in all seven front, front seven positions throughout a game. I mean, part of the reason why he doesn't have double-digit sacks is because he's he's taking seven snaps at nose tackle. I mean, he's not going to get sacks there. But he's just causing massive havoc. I mean, it's just, they don't understand Clowney's impact. And I think uh, Houston will kind of notice it this year on defense. I think maybe they'll be okay because they're kind of going all in on this year. And they have a really good offense. So they could probably – they'll survive without him. But I, I think – there will be times where they'll notice Clowney's absence. The big bet on J.J. Watt, and it's a very kind of Khalil Mack-esque kind of deal because J.J.'s going to get doubled now. I mean, yeah. that's the game plan. So it's like where you're going to have to create some opportunities elsewhere, and without him, those are some big shoes to fill. Um, but, yeah, very kind of – I could see that – it's obviously – I don't think it's going to have as big of an impact as Khalil Mack had with the Browns because – that trade literally made them a Super Bowl contender. And I think yeah. Seattle was already sort of there. So, like, the the raising the bar isn't as crazy. It's just the amount of talent that they are throwing at you on the defense side of the ball in Seattle yes. is nuts. And it's, like, I, it's hard to make the argument that they are not going to win that division right now. If healthy, obviously, you know, injuries just change that. Because I think the Rams are going to take a little bit of a step back now because of that Super Bowl kind of hangover and – what they're throwing at you in Seattle is a lot to deal with offensively, scheming-wise. Agreed. It's a big I mean, battle. <laughs> yeah, I still think it's the, um, I think it's the it's the Rams division to lose. But I mean, you're right. I mean, they're coming off the Super Bowl type hangover. Gurley's not. Gurley may not be Gurley. Yeah. Um, so maybe Seattle could sneak it. I, I'd be surprised, but they might. It's a daunting task. I think it becomes more of a daunting task if you're the Rams to try to win that division now because that is. Yeah. To, to try to offensive scheme against that defense, that's going to be a challenge. And that'll be super interesting. Those games are going to be awesome. Um, oh, yeah. Super interesting. Which leads us, because we're talking about Cleo Mack, into one of the most, I think this might be the most excited I've been for the intro to the NFL, Packers-Bears. Talk about setting up a game. That has got a lot of interest for me. It's minus three right now. How are we feeling about Thursday night's opener? Packers versus Bears right now. Man, I can't talk. <laughs> um, I agree. I think it's it's an awesome first game. Um, it's like the longest rivalry in the NFL. Plus last year, I think it was this might have been the Monday. It might have been the Sunday night game. I don't remember. But when Rodgers got hurt and came back all high on painkillers, that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Saxon he like the game. <laughs> he, yeah, he had an accent. My knee. I mean, it was like this California, this chill California dude suddenly has a cowboy accent. Let's say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's and doing he's just like, fine. He yeah. linked the entire interview. I'm like, all right, yeah. Um, so that game was awesome. And, I mean, Packers-Bears are always really good games. Yeah. The Packers are just one – I think the Packers are such an unpredictable team this year. I could see them winning six games. I could see them winning 11 games. Yeah. I, it's going to be real interesting. I think the problem here is you're going up against a very good defense, and it's your first week – when it's already super hard to start because the way training camp runs now, getting timing down, you're not really in full pads a lot. Like you see offenses in the NFL start slow. They're implementing a whole new scheme. Yes, they have one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in the NFL, but I think it's just the advantage is the Bears right away because of that defense they have. They're bringing in a scheme they're familiar with offensively. They're returning a lot of good 
good players there. I think the advantage goes Bears. I like Bears three and that to three, um, minus three, because I just I think it's a lot of not to say the Packers like you said. I mean, I could see them winning eleven games, but I think it's going to be a slower start for them. And I think against the Bears because it's easier to play defense week one through week three or four. I would say oh, yeah. they have the strong advantage, and I like Bears minus three. I do as well. I agree. Um, just the Bears defense, especially early. I mean. You have, like, a fresh Khalil Mack. No no nagging injuries, nothing going on with him right now. I mean, he's going to come out flying. So, I, I do agree. I think I think the Bears definitely have an advantage. I like him on, on a three as well. I think they can – I mean, they can win by ten. Right? They really can. It's a, it's a great way to start the season, though. I, I love that the NFL yes. put that on there Thursday night. Like, I, that's also – like I like college football, what they did. They kind of – because in college football, you have so many cupcake games at the start of the season where you have – I think they took a note from college basketball, which gives us awesome right-off-the-bat games where, yeah, we didn't have anything crazy, but we had some good games sprinkled in there that made it so every night there was something that was at least worth tuning into and then doing whatever else you were going to do. And they started with that Miami-Florida rivalry, which the game was sloppy, but great way to start. NFL is doing yeah, the same thing. Game. Yeah, they're giving us yeah. a great historic rivalry with good players – entertaining storylines and guys you want to see on the field. I love it. I love football season. Yeah. Love <laughs> um, it. Yep. One thing I didn't realize, cause I was, I was looking over some of the lines for this weekend. They, they have since taken down the Cowboys uh, giants line because the Zeke is coming out that he might sign a deal, but that was only at seven, which I think is super favorable to the giants. I don't know how you're laying a seven number on that. Yeah, that's tasty. That's very tasty. <laughs> I mean, it, Depends on what happens with Zeke. I know they'll adjust that line, but that's impressive. Um, that's a line I, I'd be interested in. Any games this weekend standing out to you on, on uh, the top end here? Um, I mean, I, skins are laying like eight and a half, I think. This is the last I saw. Yeah, I think at they're first, still. At first I was liking the skins, but the more I've thought of that, I, I think I may be hammering the Eagles in that. <laughs> yeah, they're at nine and a half right now. Well, I just think we are kind of a disaster waiting to happen. And just – we just have no offense. I, I've heard that Trent Williams might show up, but I don't think he's going to show up in time. And I just think the Eagles' defense is just going to keep us alive. So, yeah. as much as it sucks to say, I think we are going to take a big L week one. Yeah, I could see that. I also – I like the Chargers-Colts line. That's at seven. You're getting a deflated – Chargers are even. That's an even uh, payout on minus seven. Colts, I just feel like are they got to be so deflated losing Lock. Oh, yeah. And just like, oh, we're paying these backups, Jacoby Brissett and uh, Brian Hoyer, ridiculous money because we got to spend money at this point. Like, I feel like that seven line is pretty juicy for the Chargers. That is tasty. Yeah. Seven? <laughs> yeah. That's a minus seven right now. I uh, like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I'm a fan of that. I think the Bengals minus nine and a half against or plus nine and a half against the Seahawks is also kind of tasty because I think the Bengals are in for a oh, rough year. Bad year. I'm expecting yeah. a really bad year out of them. Um, yeah. I think we should mention just as these savvy degenerates that we are, as soon as we got that Andrew Luck news, before our sites, before our sites could even update, you and I were in there. We're taking the under nine and a half. We're taking a no on them making the playoffs, and we're betting heavy on Houston to win the division. Yes. You and I were in there so fast. 
And then we checked three minutes later, they're all taken down. We're like, yeah. All taken down. Yeah. Yep. By the time I got, got the text message, yeah. By the time I sent the text messages to my other friends, because that was my last priority, it was getting in there. Me and you were just sitting next to each other, like, go, 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 go. <laughs> just getting bets in. That was, it was one of the finer moments of my life. If oh, we're going to be honest. I'm seeing like, Colts make the playoffs, no, plus 195. I'm betting my 401k on that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> Oh, that was the good news. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I think the opening week is fun. There's some juicy lines. Those are kind of the ones that stuck out to me just kind of right off the bat. Um, we'll see how it plays. The first, the first week or two, I tried to stay a little lighter, do my, give my eyeballs the test, see what, what I like and don't like. But those are kind of the ones that I'm feeling right off the bat in uh, this opening week. I like that. I kind of got nothing else. You got any uh, final thoughts on the day before we wrap this up? Nothing really. Uh, who do your uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers play? We got the 49ers. They haven't scored that game yet. Uh, interesting way to start off the season, I think. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they haven't. Vegas hasn't released a line on that yet, which is kind of weird. Um, I don't know why. Why they're they're holding out, but uh, we'll see. Or at least weird. at least my well, site doesn't have a line yet out. I also saw that. And we've talked about this in the past, but I think the Jets are traveling 7,000 miles this year, which is nothing. The Raiders are traveling 40,000. I was just like, that's not even fair. That's unreal. The Jets don't go west of Pittsburgh. That's, that's But you're still on the East Coast. Yeah, they don't go west of Pittsburgh. Because you think about it, they fly right down to, they fly down to Miami. That's their furthest flight of the year. I mean, that's, that's half their mileage right there, flying to Miami. That's absolutely insane. And to think, like, the Raiders, yeah, getting screwed. The Bucks get screwed with that whole, like, they go to the West Coast, and they oh, come yeah. back, and they go to, like, England, they come back, and they go back out to the West Coast. And it's like, what are we doing here, folks? Like, the Bucks were up there, too. I mean, they were in yeah. the 30,000s. The Skins were only at, like, 11,000. Like, well, you'll need that with that training staff, so. I know. <laughs> Limit travel. Um, my, my random thought of the – well, not random thought. I saw this, and I thought this was an interesting stat from uh, CBS Sports. Did you know Kurt Warner made it every year he played a full 16 games, they went to the Super Bowl? He only had three seasons where he played a full 16 games. They went to the Super Bowl every year. He did that. I didn't know that he was that injury prone. I did not either. That was the most... Are they mostly like, does he miss like a game or two or does he have like long games? Yes. Yeah, but that's kind of... I don't remember him ever... Yeah, like the the Super Bowl part wasn't the craziest thing. The craziest thing was he's only made it 16 games three times in his career. That was, yeah, nuts. I was kind of shocked to hear that, but um, that's pretty cool. Though. I mean, I bet he's the only quarterback that can say that. Yeah, probably. I would. Ha- I would think so. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. nuts. But that was my final thought. Interesting fact of the day, courteous of CBS Sports uh, Instagram. But that'll do it for us. We'll be back uh, Friday to give you some college picks with Tim. And uh, peace later. Oh.